Welcome, sports fans, to this week's episode of EJ Sports Debates. As always, I'm Eric Ruda, along with Jordan Angie. We have our second guest, repeat guest, my cousin Dave Kramer, um, who you remember from our Sports Bus podcast. We had a fun uh, topic here. Uh, the reason I wanted Dave on is he's kind of into sports betting, and I thought it would be fun to run down the history of the of betting and discuss the uh, where it's at now and the future of it and give us and we'll give our thoughts jordan or dave you have anything to add uh you know i'm not a big sports better per se um because you know when you're a parent money <laughs> I, I look at ten dollar bet and think man i could buy some diapers but uh i love the idea of betting though so if there was one to be more into it so this will probably spark my interest especially hearing from dave yeah, I, I love sports betting. I've been doing it solidly now for three, three and a half years. And uh, there's a lot, a lot we'll talk about it through the podcast as we go along. But uh, it just, it's a whole, it's a whole thrill. It's, it makes, makes you look at the game a totally different way. Uh, makes you appreciate and watch sports, some different events that you would never thought you would look at in your whole life. But uh, it's, I, I think it's great. I think it's great for the world, great for the economy. And uh, I look forward to talking to it with you guys soon. Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of go into the history here. Really since, uh, since sports started um, over 2000 years ago and Greece is one is how long betting's been going on. Um, so over 2000 years, um, the Greeks started the whole thing. It then went to ancient Rome where they started betting and even legalized it, um, especially on the gladiator side of it. And then religious leaders in medieval times, tried to make laws forbidding it and enter everyone's favorite underground gambling. Um, and then it spread from in England to horse racing, which became real popular here in the States. And it still is one of the biggest uh, sports uh, betting uh, on there and horse racing. I don't understand it, but hey, I mean, that's why we want to learn it. Um, but then in the 50s, Vegas legalized it, and really since then it started, it's been uh, popular in the U.S., and it's kind of funny when I was researching the history of it, despite all the billions of sports books make there in Vegas, it's a small percentage as most of it is done illegally with bookies and uh, some offshore stuff as well, which I'm not going to prosecute myself for anything on that. And uh, yeah, now with online, it's widespread growth. Uh, and this is where I want to go discuss the future of, uh, of gaming and give our thoughts. Uh, Jordan or Dave, do you have anything? Yeah, um, for me, it's kind of interesting to hear. Um, if you guys have never watched a Dave Portnoy podcast um, or watch like his live streams, man, um, you know, today's point about, you know, it being exciting it's crazy to watch this guy drop like, you know, 10, 20 grand. I mean, mind you, that's an extreme case, but um, I mean, it's exciting to watch people betting on it as much as it is doing the betting. And that's kind of where I get my throw from it. But uh, I think it's kind of crazy too that there's even sites that advertise and sell, like how they have the best odds and the best picks. And that's something that's interested me is, you know, you have these dudes on the radio and they're like, oh yeah, come on my website. I'll give you, five locks of the weekend and stuff like that. 
I've never understood how they can say there's five locks. I guess you have to understand that it's not a guarantee, but uh, yeah, it's crazy how the internet's kind of exploded it. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, definitely agree with that. Um, especially now with the daily fantasy, which is more of my focus. Um, FanDuel, DraftKings, uh, not so much uh, other sports, but during the NFL season, yeah, I'm, I'm in on that. So that's uh, kind of my thoughts on it. Dave, you have anything? And you guys pretty much hit that nail right on the head there. It was just like going back to the history of it a little bit. And there's a lot of stuff when I was looking at that as well that kind of blew my mind. I mean, people have that um, notion like sports betting back in the 70s, 80s, where you bet something and if your team lost, you'd hear a knock on the door and someone would be there to break your kneecaps. I mean, or uh, yeah, you would, you would, you would, if you did, you see these movies on the, or the movies and TV shows where these guys get in a bad situation because they all book you so much and they show up at like family dinners or family picnics and, and threaten, threaten to hurt someone or, or do, do something like that. Maybe that was the case back then. It probably was actually. I mean, because there's a lot of, a lot of mob ties to, to sports bookies and underground vetting casinos, et cetera. But what got me, when I was looking at the history of a little bit, uh, just amazing, like 10 years ago, like 12 years ago, the, the sports leagues were just condemning this stuff. Like this would ruin the game. It would ruin viewership. It would it would basically put a black eye on anything going forward. Like Paul Tagliabue, I think he went, through, went right in front of Congress, had a big passionate thing about it. I think, and also when uh, Delaware, was starting to get, trying to get something going uh, back in the day. Godell basically was threatening to block NFL in that state because they were they didn't want any any part of it. And nowadays you got you got casinos popping up in uh, or sports books, excuse me, popping up in Chicago stadiums now in the next year or two in New Jersey New Jersey stadiums in the in uh, Las Vegas, obviously the the in Washington Redskins or football team, excuse me, they're. Uh, there's chance we have a sports book in it. Now it's just common knowledge nowadays. It's it's crazy how the perception has changed. Well, Dave, even going back to, you know, not to keep mentioning this name, but Pete Rose is banned from baseball for betting, you know, and now mind you, if you bet during the game or not, I'm not getting into that. We've talked about it on here, but I think back to those days, how, you know, it was like, oh my God, he bet on a sport, you know, and nowadays it's like, uh, yeah, no big deal. I know his situation was different, but, you know, it's crazy how, you know, since like back in the seventies, like you mentioned how the perceptions so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of funny when an ironic cause two commissioners that are really in support of it are Adam Silver and Rob Manfred. And I was, and you think about the conspiracy to MJ, why he retired the first time um, was because of his, gambling and why and possibly why his dad was killed uh the gambling debts but and the pete rose scenario in baseball so it's sort of ironic now that you have those two commissioners of those leagues in support of it well then you got the tim donaghy stuff too in, in the nba which there's a point shaving and all that oh yeah a little different <laughs> hey it's it's still it's still betting though like 
<laughs> that's still part of it. Like, yes, I, you know, without getting too much into it, you know, but like, that's the thing that you gotta be careful of is when you invite stuff like that, you know, if it's not heavily regulated, you're gonna have a guy like Tim Donaghy who, you know, has a problem that nobody knows about. And, you know, there's definitely a dark side to it. I, I'm all for it, but, you know, it's definitely something that we have to keep an eye on for sure. No, I totally agree with that. And I think I compared it, I'm going to compare it to where we're at now. Another thing that's being legalized throughout the country is marijuana. It's, it's going to be regulated. Um, and these sports leagues will put in the CBAs and unions will have to agree, hey, we will not bet on our sport, game, our sport at all. We can bet on other sports, but we're not going to touch ours. Like, that's how it has to be, I feel. I don't know if anybody else has that thought. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, I think it's, um, it's, it's, it, to that point, Eric, you know, marijuana, like the, the state of Colorado has some of the, the best looking roads and education systems in the country, especially in the last like five to 10 years. I'm not going to sit here and directly say that was legalization of marijuana, but, you know, again, I don't partake, but I, I love the a choice to do it. And it's adding like hundreds of millions of dollars a year in revenue, you know, to these states that can turn around and make better schools and better roads and better infrastructure. And I think that's the amazing side of it. Yeah, yeah, George, 100% right on that. I'm, I'm fully on board with that. Like a couple of numbers, the legalization of, of gambling is projected to do in the next like two years, $22.4 billion to the U.S. gross domestic product. That's a huge number. Wow. And with, uh, with the states, I mean, it's taxable income, just like the uh, just like, uh, lottery is. Uh, when you get into these uh, states that are legal, well, like well, then you, you have, when you, so how, kind of how it works. So if you live in New Jersey and you can bet legally sports wagering in New Jersey, you can bet on legal books only. So you cannot go on Bavada. You cannot go on some of these Costa Rican sites that the IP address kicks you out and won't you do it. And uh, so you have, so you're forced to use the legal ones, which in turns forces you, if you win, also report to the IRS, so you pay taxes on it. So it all, it all, it all comes back around to, at the end of the day. Uh, you can't, there's no, there's no way to take your money unless you went to a, uh, even if you went to a sports book itself and you won over six hundred dollars, and they give you a form, they report they, they report that stuff to the IRS. So you do have to claim claim what you win, but you go on a like here in North Carolina, obviously that's not the case. So when I want to make a wager, I either have to go through someone local or I or I go an offshore account, and that money just kind of comes and goes as as needed. It's not it's not regulated. But if you're in a state that has it, like I said, that has legalized you, these websites, actually will not pop up. It'll just say page cap this displayed at this time. Yeah, no, it's, and I did not know that. That is a that is a great point. Um, I think that is going to have to. I mean, it's yeah. Like I said it's taxable. It goes, and you said twenty two billion to the GDP, which is fantastic. Um, and twenty states right now have it legalized. Uh, Michigan pretty recently went full went online. Um, Little Caesars Arena in Detroit has a sports book now. Uh, so there's that, and from what I've Set, saw on ESPN 
uh, Governor Cooper here in North Carolina uh, legalized it on the tribal lands, uh, so the casinos. Um, it's legalized, so it's only a matter of time before it goes, before it could go full, full on here. I think, and then in North Carolina. Um, so we might. Well, he's going to do it. that sweet. He's going to see that sweet, sweet cash coming in, and he's going to be like, you know what? <laughs> Thanks, Harris, for your contribution and starting, but I think we're going to take some of that as well now. They can they can use it to pay the debt for the toll road. Stupid Charlotte. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's crazy. I mean, how, I mean, this idea started 2000 years ago or longer and it's grown into what it is now. And Europe's one of the biggest, it's still the biggest uh, sports betting markets and because there's so much there. I mean, from, they have countless football soccer leagues. They have F1, they have, horse racing they have cricket and all that i mean it's crazy I, and with online i mean you you go on bavada you can bet esports and all that it, it's crazy what we have now and i like it um i like the idea of it being legalized um like you guys said i mean how much it can impact the economy and I think too, I mean, aside from what it can bring to the GDP, it can also introduce a new job market as well. And I mean, I've heard it in college, I'm sure Dave heard it too. Like we're, we'd be, we were told we'd be applying for jobs that didn't exist yet um, when we were in class. And that's just gonna be the case. Um, I think if, with this legalized sports betting. Hey, I've got a question for Dave. I know there are different kinds of bets out there. Um, I still don't understand some of them. Again, it's my ignorance to the topic, but Dave, what's your favorite kind of bet or what do you think is like the your, your go-to as far as when you are betting and what you're deciding on betting? Uh, well, that's kind of a loaded question, I think, for me. I, I, I bet on a lot of stuff. Um, but my favorite kind of bet is I bet a, the, I try to find games that are under bet and I try to find. There's always a certain number that I, I try to I try to find um, odds wise. Because, but like just kind of like I guess a generic answer would be a. Uh, just I like to bet the, the one that gives you the most even, most reward, for the bang. So like, this uh, example, this Iowa Michigan game, um, it uh, it closed at Michigan minus uh, five and a half. I would take the points if I thought Michigan was going to win and take, so guess I'm giving them five and a half points over Michigan winning outright, which the odds are um, two times worse. So you got to lay more to, to win more at that point, just a straight win. Um, so, so I guess um, quick answer, the best bet I always like to, I could do just a straight bet parlays, teasers, stuff like that, are usually in my opinion, Hail Marys. I'll do them if they, if I can find some value in them. So just basically, I bet team A to win a giving or taking points usually. So that just gave me more education than I could ever do myself. So thank you. Yeah, he, he just got back from Vegas on Sunday. I had him place a couple features for me. Um, one was 
Padres to win the World Series this year. I can't remember what else I told you to add. Yeah, the Colts won the Super Bowl. Colts won the Super Bowl, yes. You bet on a Colts. You bet on Carson Wentz. You better hope to God they get Nick Foles. Ten bucks wins a thousand. Yeah. That's pretty good. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to get the I wanted to get that bet in before the odds went up after it after the deal. <laughs> after the ones trade. I don't know if it's gonna go up necessarily. I guess it depends on what they do in the offseason, but not to get off topic, but yeah. Uh I, I'm not a winch chooser myself. But yeah, ten bucks wins a thousand bucks. It's pretty good odds. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, that's the other thing too. That's a different type of bet. Um, the future bet where you can go into you pick whoever, Dallas, Detroit, Indy, name your team and to win division, conference, the outright title. And so there's all sorts of fun stuff you can do with betting. Um Obviously, the biggest biggest one was a few weeks ago, Super Bowl. Over under on Anthem Time, bet the coin toss, what color the Gatorade is. I mean, it's just there's crazy stuff out there. Hey, did you speaking of that? That's completely on topic. What about the streaker? Did you guys hear about his story and how incredibly stupid he is? He bet there. He bet there would. Was it, I turned him. I read it, but now I forgot it. Was it he bet that there would be a streaker he, and he did it? He got a bunch of friends to basically prop bet, which nobody would take the prop bet because it was so large. Um, and they somehow got it to go through through like an off the books type thing. And yeah, he bet there was going to be a streaker, knowing he was going to be the streaker. And then the idiot, after he got out of jail, gets on like radio and openly admits that he basically rigged the bet. Um, and they came out and said he's not getting his money. So there's a life lesson for you kids. Yeah, I knew it was something like that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just crazy um, with the sports betting and what we have and stuff like that, like the Super Bowl, the, the streaker and yeah, people are people are always gonna. I mean, that's the bottom line. People are always gonna try to cheat a system, no matter what it is. Um, they're always gonna try to do something stupid like that. But hey, man, what's the what's the phrase? Uh, always betting yourself. <laughs> it's I was gonna say if you there. ain't if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I thought that's that's where you were going, but that's a little NASCAR, I guess, for you. Yeah, um, it's just crazy. Um, personally, I was disappointed they did take away the streaker because he was about to get laid out. I was so glad I came across that fan video, by the way. Yeah, um, well, okay. uh, that's that's what you get for being an idiot. So, yeah, Kevin Harlan's good at calling those things. I think he called one a few years ago, didn't he? Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I, I found the clip the. The radio call of Kevin Harlan this year is great. I think he also called the he also called the cat running at the when it was at MetLife. Yeah, oh, that's what it was. I knew it was something different. Yeah, Bob and Ari is my go-to. If you guys have never heard his calls, oh my god, he's hilarious. Yeah, no, there's some crazy stuff out there, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a. Uh, Way back, I'm kind of referencing pop culture here. Early two and a half men, like Charlie Sheen, Charlie's characters talking about betting, and it was something like 
with a satellite is like if a kid it says x number of channels if a kid if there's a channel where if a kid throws a rot at a tree i can bet if he hits it or something i mean that was like almost 20 years ago that that came out so like yeah you can bet on stuff like that apparently there's so many things out there um but yeah it's just kind of going on that and one of the questions I did have, I know we touched on it, I mean, with Commissioner Manfred supporting the legalization of betting, what what would that mean for guys like Shoeless Joe and Pete Rose down the, down the line? Well, I think Pete Rose screwed himself because he lied about it. I mean, Shoeless Joe is long since dead, and I don't know if anybody still really over the cares about the story. It's an important part of history, but... But Pete Rose, I mean, we've talked about it, Eric, probably, what, four or five times in different episodes. I think he should be in the hall, but I understand why they keep him out of the hall, um, just because he, I think he's just been so smug about it. And, you know, the fact is, is that he's lied about it and then admitted it and then backed off it, you know, and I still think there's some gray area as far as if he bet on Reds games while he was managing Reds games. I don't know if there's ever been fully anything truth-wise, and it's hard to tell because Pete Rose, I don't really trust anything he ever says. But, I mean, his play on the field speaks for itself, and I think that's where the line's got to get drawn, but that's just where I stand on it. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's not the moral Hall of Fame. It's the, it's the sports Hall of Fame, baseball Hall of Fame, basketball Hall of Fame. Who cares if you're a piece of crap? What you did in the what you did on the field, the court, like that, doesn't make a difference. Doesn't make a difference at all, in my opinion. Like not letting, I touched on like last week. I don't want to touch too much on that, but or two weeks ago, I think about the Hall of Fame stuff you're talking about. With uh, Kurt Schilling was a liberal, he'd be in this year, wouldn't he? It's just crazy how how the perception changes of different people. Well, baseball Hall of Fame is a joke, I think, into itself. And yeah, we ripped that one. We had us. <laughs> yeah, we completely tore them apart, and rightfully so, because, you know, you're never going to know why they kick these people out. But, Dave, I think you're 100% right, you know. I mean, if Kurt Schilling had a more, you know, loose point of view and he wasn't so abrasive, but that's really not the reason I think they kept him out. I think it was strictly politics-related. It didn't help this year that you had the election as well on top of that. So he 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 is slightly outspoken, but that doesn't mean it should excuse the fact he was a Hall of Fame pitcher, you know. Yeah, he's, and yeah, he's crazy. He's crazy. Like, look at his YouTube one time, not YouTube, Twitter. Sometime he's he's out there, all right. But he yeah. still should be in, in my opinion. And yeah, no, absolutely, I know we touched on that, but yeah, when we go to stuff like that, um, another question too. I mean. No, I touched on it. What your thoughts? I mean, would that be the way to regulate it um, with these sports? So, yeah, allow the athletes to allow the athletes to bet, but nothing in their sport. If, if they do, they are suspended. If they do it again, ban them. Dave, I'll let, I'll let you lead off on this one, buddy. Uh, yeah, and to a degree, I think they already are. Did that happen this year with the Arizona Cardinals practice football player? Did he wasn't he on somewhere and he was he gambled for a weekend? They found out, so they, they suspended him for the year. Am I, am I correct on that? Yeah, I think you're right. It was definitely the Cardinals. Yeah, 
and uh, and I, I'm, I'm I'm cool with that. Um, as far as uh, like you hear some of these people talk about throwing games and and whatnot, I don't I don't I honestly I don't think that would be an issue at all. I mean, do you know how much money it would take for someone like LeBron James or someone to throw a game? I mean, it would have to take tens, maybe even hundreds of millions of dollars just for that game because think think what they have to lose. I mean, they got if they got they ever got out. Now, if someone like say, for example, I don't know who's who's an average basketball player, Kyle Kuzma, maybe I guess we got Lakers on my mind. Say he he started throwing a game, missing free throws, um, missing jumpers on purpose, call, making fouls. They, they just they would just bench him because he's, he's not important. So you would need a, a select few to 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 do that. And I think with the money these guys make nowadays, it's nothing to worry about at all. Um, in, in, in baseball, if you had a guy that wanted to throw a game or the pitcher is starting to throw balls and they just, just take them out of the game, I, I, would, I would feel. Um, the odds are some of these guys, like these batters that want to, throw, that want to strike out on purpose to, to make $7 million because their team lost, to have them be up at the exact moment where it would impact the game is, is pretty, uh, it's a pretty big gamble that someone has to have to take for that to happen. So, but I, on Eric's point, I, I there could be some, if you make people feel better, yeah, you could do something like that. I mean, if there was a big scandal, you, I mean, it could happen. Now, it's more more prevalent, I think, to happen in uh, officiating more so than anything. Like with Tim Donahue, I don't know if you really read much what how that kind of worked out. What he was doing was calling excessive amount of fouls because he was betting overs. He wasn't betting sides, he was betting over. So in the games that he was refereeing, the fouls would be up. 15, 20% because he wanted those, those, those overs to hit. Um, his and one call percentages were, was through the roof in some of those games. So little things like that. And nowadays too, like I, I follow a website that I can note exactly the difference between like public money that comes in, big bets that come in on teams. So you, you, you know, right away what's, what's kind of go on. So if a half hour before tip off in a, in a, Florida State Miami basketball game all of a sudden there goes seven million dollars on on uh, Florida State yeah that that would uh that would that would draw some red flags probably and they, and they might maybe look into that it's back in the old days all done by paper and pencil and uh, fax machine so you can't get the information fast enough and stuff like that could slip through the cracks more so more so than now yeah Dave I think you're I think it's I think it's definitely two separate things I think. The regulation of it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm all for it. You know, I mean, I, I just, I guess I can't sit here and be ignorant and say, I can't imagine somebody would be that stupid because there are plenty of people that are. Um, but like, I can't imagine somebody would be like, yeah, I play for the Cowboys and I'm going to go ahead and take the over on us this weekend. You know, like I just not, not nowadays where everybody has a cell phone and, you know, it, there's just too much that can get out and, more importantly, you would be absolutely stupid because then you'd have to prove that they did it, you know. And I know that the days of people showing up at your door are long gone, but please believe if you're a – I think of The Longest Yard, <laughs> which I know isn't a real movie, but, like, you know, if there was a player like that that blatantly shaved points, you know, he would cost people so many hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, by shaving a couple points because as much as he would want to win, how many people are going to lose for him to win? I got to imagine there's going to be some unfair, safer people that would show up at his door. And I just don't know why you'd invite that. 
you know, but I, I just think it'd be so hard to prove. Like if a player shaved points, you know, it would have to be so blatant. I mean, there's a camera everywhere nowadays, you know, technology's evolved and I just, I don't see how somebody could do it, you know, you know, in a long days that it, ha- it has to be a referee or somebody that can impact the game without actually being a player, because if, you aren't performing. You're not going to perform for very long at the highest level anyway. You can get the hell out, you know, but uh, I, I'm spot on. That Donaghy stuff was nuts. And to hear him talk, I think he's got a book now, which I'd love to read, just to hear how – because it wasn't just him. I think it he was, like, organized with it. And he, you know, yeah, yeah. He, he broke the mold. So any chance of a referee doing that, I think, in a modern sport, and died when Tim Donnelly died because he completely broke the mold open. Yeah, I think it. I think you're right on that. Um, I know we've, no, as sports fans, we've all said it. We've all made the joke. How much are they paying the refs? Like when you just see an enormous amount of calls go against your team as a joke, and I know what the and the Tim Donnelly. Tim Donaghy happened. Um, and it's like, okay, I guess that really did happen. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, refs, uh, MLB has an umpire's union, so I, I'm not worried about baseball. Even with the union, there's still some very horrible umpires um, that call games. Uh, Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez, yeah. Um, being the main voice. Really? Dick. I had to bring it up. I'm sorry. It was one call. He was, was a, a horrible call. It was, he a, was a horrible. He was a horrible umpire. Uh, but yeah, man. So yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if there's Dave or somebody step in. There's not like NFL union, ref union is there because I know a lot of them are just like they're just doing that weekend jobs, right? Yeah, I believe that actually they're just a part-time, it's a part-time job. That was a big thing, I think, two years ago when they, when they, uh, were a lot of bad calls in, in like, like two or three weeks. And they were trying to, uh, they, that whole thing I brought up while they were trying to maybe hire these guys full-time. Cause a lot of these guys are lawyers, whatnot, et cetera, that just come on the weekends and, and rap like Ed Hockley. He has his own, his own law firm. Yeah. And, uh, but those those guys are vetted like crazy, like like anything. I mean, you can't tell me that they're not. If you're gonna if you're gonna purposely for the I guess to end the subject, if you're gonna purposely throw a game as a referee, it's not gonna be your first time doing it, or you're you're not all of a sudden gonna wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this game, make a few million dollars. You're you're obviously been gambling for a while, so you would have you you would think you'd be vetted on that kind of kind of stuff. Um, the Don Heath thinks kind of crazy. I've actually ha- I own the book. I sent it to you if you want me to, and uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty, I mean, not cool. It's just crazy on um, the stuff you got away with for so long, and all the uh, chatter, but no one said anything for yeah. years. Yeah, there's hey, a, there's, there's a an NFL refer- there's an NFL referees uh, association by the way. Oh, okay. So they're, they're I don't know if it doesn't come out and directly say they're a union, but I mean they're, they're an still, association. Okay. And then there's and they've got the CBA with the NFL, so. Okay. Um, okay. I did so, not know that. Thank you for. No, me, me That's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, crap, I forgot what I was going to say. But uh, yeah, no, it's awesome that there's at least an association. Um, 
Yeah, I think it is hard. Honestly, I mean, the Tim Donaghy thing was different, but I do think it's hard for refs to throw to throw games or and all that. But it's just, I think it, I think they can regulate it pretty easily. Um, again, with uh, with how many unions there are in sports, it's I think it can get done, and players will follow it pretty good. But that's just my opinion. I agree. I think you're on point there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much it, I mean, that I had um, with that. But uh, I know I wanted to do something fun, a um, little Back to the Future 2 style right now. Um, so you can, you know, the results of sporting events. You can travel back in time and place bets. What are your five things that you're betting on? that can win you a shit ton of money. All right, I'll go. So I didn't find odds on a lot of these. So I just think of things that I know were decisively would have gone in one direction. Uh, Eric, I'm sorry to bring this up, but I have to. Uh, Michigan was a 33-point favorite on September 1st, 2007, when they played App State. So that would have been some incredible betting odds. So if I had put a 1000 bucks on that, I think I would have walked away. Um to equally to balance out the pain, I would have bet Red Sox in seven in 2004 in the ALCS. Um, I'm still crying about that one. Uh, I would have gone FGCU to the Sweet 16 in 2013 because you would have guaranteed bracket wins because they completely destroyed everyone's bracket that year. Um, on a kind of a sad note, but still cool, I went with the 2001 Daytona 500. I'd have picked Michael Waltrip to win. Because uh, even though everybody remembers that as the year, that's the year Dale died. People forget that Michael Waltrip was a terrible driver and wrecked half the field every year <laughs> and lived off his last name only, but he won that race. So I'm going to go with that. And my last one is just in horse racing, which is the most classic. Uh, 2005, uh, Giacomo was 50 to 1 odds and he won the Kentucky Derby. So I'm going to put a thousand bucks down. I'm going to walk away with 50 G's. Oh, that hurt to read that. So, yeah, all right, that's uh, my top five. No, that's that's good. Um, that's those are some good ones. Uh, the first one I sort of zoned out on, um, but that don't be sour. That wasn't the that wasn't the biggest spread upset, by the way, in college football history. So I make peace. Yeah, with I know I tell, that wasn't the biggest I, one. I tell myself that just to make myself feel better. It actually wasn't the biggest one that year. No, if that USC, you, USC Stanford was bigger. Yep, absolutely. Um, but that was a good one. And I I thought about doing betting the Red Sox uh, to win the ALCS in 2004, but you uh, you fell on the sword. Um, so there's that. Uh, and yeah, uh, those are some pretty good ones. Dave, what do you got? Kind of funny. I actually have some of the same ones that uh, Jordan has, but in different different aspects. Um, the App State Michigan thing. I didn't have the line in that game, but there was in 2007, there, every year there's a, uh, there's an odds for an FCS team to beat an FBS team. And that year it was plus 8,500. And that happened in the first, first, first damn game. Um, also, uh, Red Sox won the world series in 2004 plus 12,000 beginning of the year. The, uh, Rams in 99 win the Super Bowl back in at July, you could have gotten a plus 30,000 oh. odds to win. That's pretty Shit. good. 
Um, Cardinals, 2011 win the World Series, plus 20,000 as well. The biggest one, though, uh, I, I don't even know how to say this name because it's, it's soccer, so I might need some help with this. But the biggest odds I found was 2015-2016 to win the Premier League. Is it Leicester City? Leicester City? Leicester. Leicester. Uh, they might even be regulated now for all I know. No, Leicester they're, City. They're, uh, they're, uh, they're second right now, actually, in the Premier League. Um, they're well behind Man okay, City. Well, to win the Premier League that year, you, you could have bet them plus 500,000 odds to win the Premier League. And they end up winning it. That's the yeah. biggest one I found. Yeah, no, they... Uh, they must have been... Yeah, they were bad. Um, I, someone did bet that because um, that's one of the ones I put on mine. Um, yeah. Yeah, plus 5,000 to plus 5,000 odds to win in 2015. Um, yeah, I kind of went. 500,000. It was 500,000 or 5,000? Because I saw five. 500,000 what I have over here. Wow. Yeah, even better. <laughs> um, or is that the Euro, Euro odds? It could have been the U.S. I'm not sure. I just have it on oddshark.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, I sort of kind of doing that. I saw this plus 1,000, and the anniversary was a few days ago. U.S. hockey to win gold in 1980. Um, I would have placed money on that uh, because the odds alone of the Soviet game was, was 1,000 to 1. So take that and add the gold to that. <laughs> their odds were a lot higher than that or lower than that to win. So I would have definitely bet on the Miracle on Ice team. Uh, 1983 NC State um, to win it all, beat Houston. Because um, no, obviously no one thought, I mean, they were plus, uh, plus 7.5 for that game. Um, so I thought that. I did put Lester on there as well. Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson, uh, going boxing. That's a good one. Um, obviously, it's the biggest upset in boxing history. Um, I would have, you'd make a killing doing that. And I went college football, but pretty recently. Uh, this is the biggest point spread upset ever. And it was Howard beats UNLV in 2017. UNLV, I and mean, this is the same thing, it's FCS, FBS, 44 and a half points. UNLV was to beat Howard, and Howard pulled off the upset. <laughs> You'd make, I didn't see the odds of the game, I just saw the, the, sp the spread. You'd absolutely make a killing doing that. Yeah, because that UNLV, UNLV football is drawing the big betting odds. <laughs> yeah. Why is this guy dropping a big bet on you and Howard? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would probably raise some questions. Um, but then I just thought of one to to really make the most money just for fun. Enter Warren Buffett's bracket challenge. And pick your and I would pick 2018. With the UMBC retrievers beating Virginia as a 16 seed. And go off that, go off that year, because I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back in time and bet uh, Syracuse over Kansas. By the way, didn't didn't you actually have Kansas in that one? Yeah, we're gonna, correctly? 
we're gonna relive that memory again, aren't we? Yeah. I, um, and if I remember the, correctly, our conversation that, that, on that. That 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 was the AOL fan bracket. I don't remember how old I was, but uh, I just barely could enter it. And um, I had like one of like the top ten brackets in the entire country that year. And uh, I just I had Kansas winning. And uh, Hakeem you know, Moore blocking Heinrich in the corner. Uh, Nick Collison, Hakeem Moore, uh, oh, yep. Jerry McNamara. So much pain. Okay, I'm done. I think Kansas cost me. Actually, no. Kansas didn't cost me in 2008. That was Derrick Rose who couldn't make a free throw that cost me $500 in 2008. So, yeah. Kansas uh, hurt us both, apparently. That's what they get. Rock, chalk, Jayhawk, choke. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's sort of that's sort of what I would do. Um I just wanted to kind of do some fun things like that, like Back to the Future 2 style. Like if you know the outcomes, spread it out. Don't just kind of, obviously those would be, we could go for the biggest money, but I think that would raise some suspicion. So if you, if time travel ever comes to fruition and we can do that, bet small first and then go big. Well, if it's Marvel, the timelines are going to get screwed up and not make any sense anyway, but. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, you have anything to add? No, no. Thanks for letting me come on. I just want to say it's it's, a, it's been a pleasure, but it's also really, really hard to make money in sports betting. You know, uh, to make mo- to make any kind of money, that uh, you have to win. the the best The best betters, like the professional betters, only win like fifty two percent of the time. It's just crazy how hard it is. Because yeah. people like we talked about this morning, or not this morning, uh, 40 minutes ago about Jordan was saying, buy these five, these six locks for uh, for $2,000. That's not going to happen. That's not true. It's all just, it's all in pride probability. You just bet numbers is all you're betting. And it's sometimes I, I kick myself, I go to bed and I kick myself at night wondering why did I bet 400 bucks on an 18 year old college kid that's going to miss two free throws and, and I'm going to go to bed mad. Or uh, why did I bet 50 bucks on Fernando Rodney coming into the game here? I know what's going to happen. And uh, just different things like that. It's fun. It's an addiction. I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than when you win a big bet or you win something like at the last minute or a walk-off. You feel like a, you feel like in cloud nine. Probably, I mean, I don't do drugs, but probably what heroin feels like. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a fantastic feeling, but it's hard to do. It's a grind. And it's, it's maybe look at sports a lot differently. It's all, I'm all about numbers now. Like I'm, I'm sure I obviously when I talk to you every day, Eric, I bring up all kinds of numbers now when we, when we argue about stuff and it's just stuff I yeah. look at. I mean, I bet numbers, not teams anymore. And it's to a degree it's hurt me because I'm numb to some of my favorite sports teams. Um, uh, I don't, I, I, I feel like I don't have the same passion sometimes as I, as I did maybe three, four years ago, but at the same time is, I, I've learned a lot more. Like I used to never really care for hockey. I used to like watch hockey playoffs only. I thought it was great and fun. It's fast, but I never really understood it. But now I can tell you five, five on five percentage in the goal and in, in their zone. I can tell you five on five percentage. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. Just different numbers. You, you, just, you just don't learn. And it's a whole different aspect of the game. I encourage you to try it, whether you gamble or not, there's plenty of places that you can create a, an account and just, and make, that's not making, and I have to spend any money. I'm just kind of see how you do kind of like paper training on the stock market. 
it's uh it's the way of the future it's fun no absolutely um yeah i know some old coworkers and you and i know when i lived with you guys it was uh i did start i did bet some of it but just small um and then lost like it only did put like one or two dollars on a money line or something just to kind of see what how it played out but yeah i'm more on the daily fantasy DraftKings side of it um which again is there's sharks there too i mean it's crazy what <laughs> what these how these guys do it but again it comes down as you just hit the nail on the head it comes down to numbers i mean you look at i just with how i work now it's hard for me to look at a team like we have i have the michigan iowa game on right now like oh i was a top five offense in the country michigan's a top five defense michigan's favored by five and a half which i think still might be a little high in this game the way this game's going um but just stuff like that i mean it's kind of interesting to see how they get to the to that money line to the to the plus minus numbers as well um it is very interesting to read and follow on. It's definitely something I want to kind of learn too, um, which is why I wanted you on to kind of teach uh, Jordan and I a little bit about it, and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Dave. Too, like with a number. Let... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying thank you. And uh, I'm more of a stocks guy myself, by the way. So if we ever have a stocks talk podcast, I got you, Eric. I need to find a way to make some extra money. Yeah, heard that, brother. Heard that. Sorry, Dave. Go on. <laughs> oh no, no. I was just gonna say, um, like that Michigan Ohio State game. It opened at four, and uh, it's got it got bet up to five and a half, six in some books. So like right there is a is a number thing where, at four, was a Michigan number. At five and a half, six, you almost you almost bet the other way now because the value is all gone. So the value is on, on the other team. And that's crazy to think as a casual person. Like, well, uh, if you think Michigan's going to win, why don't you just keep – what does it matter? It's only an extra point, point and a half. But, man, I'll tell you what, that point and a half makes a huge difference in the world. And Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, how many times do you – how many times do you – I mean, now there's articles on Monday. Like, a team – a running back gets – tackle or decides to kneel or run out of bounds at the two yard line completely screwing people that might have the over yeah oh yeah or, or the under like <laughs> yeah. it's just it does you see yeah those you see those yeah, articles that is, is kind of crazy it used to be it used to be more a running back did that and you'd be pissed at them because they screwed you out of six points in fantasy and you lost by five like it's still the case but if there's money on the line it hurts a lot worse Yeah. Yeah, it does. That's why it's important to manage a proper bankroll and not, not going tilt and all of a sudden bet everything you have on some crazy, some crazy game. Just try to make it all back. But uh, off topic a little bit, I like, yeah, Jordan, let's do a stock talk. I've, I've recently gotten to those things in the past like five, six months. And I would be interested to me and stock talk would be like you in this, in this gambling thing. I, I'd love to pick your brain and, see, and listen to what you have to say about that stuff. Well, I'll just say this, that my last job, they let me go in December and I had gotten their stocks. This is off top air. Sorry. 
Um, but when I was with him, I had bought stocks I mean, at like nine, 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 $9 a share. Stock, and, stock market's gambling anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's really, that's what it is just without the sports teams. But uh, yeah. when I was buying the stocks at $9 a share, it got surged up to like $36 a share, which is great. And um, even when they let me go, it was still trading at 19. So I said, screw it. I'm not with them anymore. I'm not going to keep dumping money in at the lowest common denominator. Like they had me locked in. So um, even still at $9 a share, I flipped it, doubled my money. And uh, I sat home for three months and did nothing. So, um, you know, uh, the stock market right now is just wild. I, I could do a 85 minute episode on what's going on with that, but I won't, this is sports talk. So. All right. Well, no, again, Dave, I appreciate it. Um, really uh, kind of educating us, like I said, and uh, appreciate you having you on and you're always welcome. Uh, guests are always welcome. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll end it there. Join us next week for another episode of EJ Sports Debate. As always, I'm Eric Ruda, along with Jordan Angie, and thanks again to my cousin Dave Kramer. Hi, guys. Thank you.